All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and uh, as we find it yet once again here in recent history, Craig is not with the show this week. Craig is off, and he is on vacation, and so he is out this week, and so his opinion doesn't matter. So if you see him say anything... Say anything about Michigan football on Twitter. Nothing counts this week because Craig has abandoned the show, so his opinion doesn't matter. But uh, quite a few things going on this week. I'm not going to dive into all of it, but it is the Big Ten Media Days uh, were this week. And so, of course, topics always come up with that every year. And actually, interestingly enough, other things are happening with uh, programs in the conference uh players coaches different things with that so touch on that uh we do focus on michigan football but we also talk about the big 10 conference and other teams uh with some updates and things like that and so of course some interesting things going on if you have been paying attention as of late but we do have a voicemail this week so we definitely want to include that here we always appreciate the voicemails from the listeners so let's go ahead and give this a listen to go ahead and kick off the episode hello gentlemen this is uh the jim pl9 and i reside in in kentucky hey um i called to tell you uh the the, the flipping of stephen heron this afternoon um i have it on good good authority around here that this has been expected for two or three months Nobody at Michigan pissed him off or anything, um, even though the Michigan being deep in on the Zach Harrison recruitment, who is also the number one player in the country and is also the same position as Heron. But anyway, um, Heron's dream has always been to go to Stanford. And when they got all the I's dotted and the T's crossed for him to go out there, then he did the official decommit. But they've known about this for a while. And, you know, you got to wish good luck to the young man and sorry to see you go. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, his academic career is, is what's most important to him, and which is that's how it should be. But i tell you what, the funny thing out of it was, um, you know, all the SEC schools came knocking on his door, and he told them that they weren't good enough academically, except for Vanderbilt and, hell, you know, who was they in the running for? One of us, well, some of us, maybe. But anyway, guys, just wanted to to give my two cents on the issue. So, um, I guess uh, Zach Harrison is it's down to to the Buckeyes and and go blue. So have our work cut out for us. But wouldn't be the first time they took a player from Urban. Have a good one, guys. All right, thank you, Jim, for that voicemail. Always good to hear from you. Hope things are going well in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, and. Definitely to point out before getting into this discussion, everything handled so well by Jim there. Um, I mean, I guess part of it might help when it's uh, a little bit anticipated. Uh, People kind of saw it coming, which was true. Uh, That might help with the situation as well. But exactly how we believe that should be handled, you know, I mean, it's their decision um, yeah, it's going to suck when it happens, whether whatever school it is, if it's a rival school or just any school, it's a, kind of a bummer for, sometimes, but really it's their decision. Wish them the best of luck. 
Uh, and remember, these are what, you know, 17, 18 year old kids, 19 maybe, uh, young men making these decisions. So uh, not really uh, necessarily saying it for the, uh, I don't know if you would say benefit for uh, the listeners or anything, but th- uh, leave it at that. That's that's simple. That's straight to the point, And that's sincere, you know, best of luck to whatever they do. Uh, and they choose and everything. Uh, there was no ill will, uh, spiteful or anything like that. So it's just one of those things that happens in recruiting. It happens sometimes in the favor of Michigan. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so best to uh, Stephen Heron and his future with Stanford. And, yes, that is definitely something that we'll be watching. Uh, Zach Harrison, a lot of people are watching him. Uh, a lot of things li- – people say are leading more towards Ohio State right now. That realm is more so Craig. I'm not sure if he has more of a personal opinion about it, but like I said, his opinion this week does not matter. Uh, But he might share some stuff with us in the future. But that's a funny comment there about the SEC schools. Because, yeah, the education is definitely different with uh, their programs. And I remember back... I can't even remember when. Uh, I think perhaps it was uh, in the expansion before Rutgers came in and what was it? Uh, Maryland was added and whatever to the Big Ten Conference. Different schools got brought up. And whenever an SEC school got brought up, it was pretty much immediately shot down by anyone in the conversation with the know-how because the education standards for those schools are not something that anybody – uh, running the uh, Big Ten Conference, helping with that uh, decision-making had really any interest in, even though I thought it would have been interesting to see um, some basketball schools added like uh, Kentucky and Louisville and bring that rivalry into the conference. But, yeah, those uh, that – I don't know what the education require, quote-unquote requirements are, but the expectations are not uh, not something that they – reached the mark for there so that's a funny comment there good things about Vanderbilt though uh good school down there um and that's their big medical school down there I think for the whole conference but they've got a good program down there had family down there been there visited uh kind of hung around so it was interesting to see so thanks again Jim for that voicemail again always whenever you guys want to call feel free we always appreciate the voicemails and uh, we'll include them in the episodes. And even if you guys send too many, we'll go ahead and do a highlight episode completely about the voicemails and the reactions that you guys have. So we're happy to do that. Uh, quick pitch for that, 551-258-3276. Uh, easy to remember, 551-BLUE-BRO, B-L-U-E-B-R-O. Okay, so Big Ten Media Days. Craig is not here to hold me back. So I can go ahead and holler and yell all I want, even though everybody else is asleep in the house. So it might not be the best decision for me. But going to touch on a few things. Uh, normally, especially me, but normally for the show, we don't really touch on other programs and things like that very often, unless it specifically deals with football team program uh, players coaches and things like that it's, it's got to be a specific usually anything we we speak to with it is a specific tie to the football program I know there have been some different things that popped up at different times um, but just touch on a couple different things because it has come up in conversations and I won't really say a whole lot myself personally on social media because 
I know I'm not really adding a whole lot to all the other things that people are going to be saying on there. Um, I know that some of our listeners are kind of interested in our viewpoints on some of the things. So, yeah, we'll t- we'll chat and discuss a few things, too. But then also, I would love to say that all our listeners are Michigan fans, and so we can go ahead and have a civil discussion about this and know that you guys are going to be more receptive about this. But uh, it has been proven to us over time that there are others who listen to our show, so uh, there might be some reaction to this which is always going to be fun to deal with. But uh, the two big things, which really probably shouldn't be news at this point to anybody listening. Um, Gosh, I don't even know really where to start, Um, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But I guess um, to talk about, and okay, there we go. Uh, John Reschke for Michigan State. Um, uh, he's a linebacker for Michigan State and what was it? I think 17 months ago, um, there was a whole issue about him using a racial slur, specifically with some of the players on the team, uh, pointed directly at the black player, uh, or a black player or multiple black players on the team. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember the quote entirely, but it, it was a racial slur. And uh, he was kicked off the team and since then has, you know, apologized and gone through what Michigan State considers to be the requirements for him to possibly be reinstated to the team, which is, um, you know, forever, whatever you want to say, rather ridiculous. But uh, he is off of scholarship uh, from my understanding, but the thing too that I just don't even really know what to do with this because I, I'm trying to look at it as logically as possible. But apparently, this decision on allowing to come, him to come back to the team has been placed in the hands of the players, and so I would really love to know how that went down. Because I don't care if you're talking about sports, you could be talking about work, you could be talking about life in general, you could be talking about anything. And if you have it where there's any kind of open forum, that's not going to go well. I mean, I don't know if anybody's been to some of those town hall things where it's just like support uh, I or nay or whatever and those kind of things. Yeah, sometimes people don't care and they're going to be vocal about and everything. But in this situation where, um, you know, there's player and coach, the authority figure, or if it's like an employee and an employer, if somebody in authority comes in and says, hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to leave the decision up to you guys, that right there already points to the concept that the coach slash coaching staff slash employer person in authority is interested in, and or just straight up wants this person back on the team, on the workforce, whatever you want to say, if they open that door, that shows that they have some interest to some level on having that player back. If they did not have any interest, they would not allow that to happen. So he, so honestly, there's an agenda behind it when you already step in and say, hey, we're going to put it up to the team. Because essentially, you're you're promote you're you're showing your hand. 
Like, for instance, whenever you have a work meeting and the boss comes in and there's some new item uh, on the uh, schedule and the, bo- the boss is the first person to talk about it and they share their opinion, plenty of times in plenty of circumstances, nobody wants to say, no, I don't think you're right or I don't agree with you. And even if they do, they're going to go about it in the nicest way. So that's why it's always wise when leadership takes a back seat to things and uh, when appropriate and when can be. But with this situation like this, this is not, I mean, have I missed it? Have Has there been other circumstances where it's been up to the players to do things? So why doesn't everything come down to the players? I mean, if, if a player, you know, does something... Um, does any other kind of rule breaking that's not law breaking? Why why isn't a player like what what if a player's late or skips practice or something like that? Why isn't that uh, uh, voted on by the players? Why not? I mean, if if it's not breaking a law, I don't know if necessarily where this falls into a hate crime or anything like that. But if the, if it's not breaking a law. And they're just leaving up to the players with this situation. Then why, why don't they do everything with that? If a player skips practice, if a player um, <clears throat> doesn't do what a coach tells him to, if a, if a player sleeps in, or if a player misses the bus, or if he wor- misses a workout, or misses, uh, if a player does X, Y, or Z, why, why is that not determined by the players too? Why, why is this a unique situation? A unique situation is because they they want it to work. And from what I've seen, and of course I'm I'm saying this uh, lightly and briefly and everything, but from what I've seen, people have been saying that the players that were not support uh, supportive of him being on the team are no longer on the team. Like either I don't know if it was like end of season and they graduated and they left, or some of them, uh, as you uh, may have seen in the news and everything, uh, switched, transferred, left program, different things like that. Uh, there has there has been news going around that the few players that were not supportive of this left for whatever reasons. I'm not going to speculate on why and say, but I don't think it's going to take a rocket science uh, rocket scientist to figure out some possibilities of what may have happened there. So, anyways, that's the situation at Michigan State. Um, John uh, Reschke, the linebacker. Kicked off the team for a racial slur. 17 months later, reinstated back on the team. It was a team decision, apparently. And he has been doing what has been required of him, which there might be some information, but I'm pretty sure it's extremely vague on what he was supposed to do to be able to get back and reinstated on the team. So there's that situation for what it's worth. And I know that there have been people on social media, a lot of people, um, Michigan fans going after it, which, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that conversation on social media or anything. That's why I said, like, I'm sitting here having this conversation here with you guys on the show. But, uh, but yeah, there are some people who are upset about it, which I've, uh, I, I've yet to really see anyone on Michigan State really have anything to say against it of course i don't follow a whole lot of people with michigan state to know exactly what fans or other people are necessarily saying uh i know some people i saw something from jamel hill saying that it's not a good situation everything but then you flip the tables and you know the outcry would be so much more if you flip the tables on what programs this was happening with so 
uh, I don't know, just just kind of crazy. And so then another situation where where you want to talk about another school with something going on, not player related, but then of course update a little update on coaching related is uh, if anybody's been keeping up with Zach Smith, the wide receiver assistant coach for Ohio State, officially um, ter- uh, terminated. The position was officially terminated and is no longer with the team uh, after apparently repeated um, abuse reports and trespassing and I think some of it stalking and things like that uh, with him and things going back as far as when uh, he coached with Urban Meyer at Ohio State or I'm sorry, Florida. So, I mean, we're talking about track record here. They're saying reports back in 2009 at Florida, reports back in 2015 while I was at Ohio State and reports again this year and things like that. And so things coming out a lot this week uh, pertaining to it or this past week or so. And so then finally, all of a sudden, it comes out that uh, Urban Meyer has fired him and terminated his uh, terminated him from the Ohio State staff, which interestingly enough, it apparently from certain reports say that he had been, Zach Smith had been searching for other job opportunities because of the instruction of other staff members or directly from Urban Meyer given time to leave the program uh, since some issues came about. Uh, But then finally when things uh, broke publicly or became more of a headline, all of a sudden he was terminated. So if this had not transpired, he could have easily walked away. Nothing would have happened and he would have not had this on his uh, such on public record that it would have been such a huge deal um, or been such a huge news story, I guess you might say. So that is um, up and about happening. And and, um, it was said from Urban Meyer that has nothing to do with the information that just came out. Uh, recently, that this was a uh, something that was uh, kind of in the uh, in the making because of other things that it was the right time for, it, which apparently right before you you're getting ready for the season to get kick kick off is a perfect time to be making a change a sudden change like that. So uh, for whatever that is worth, that is happening. Another thing too, where uh, just very interesting takes from people on why. When you don't know something, and we've had this conversation before, and we've said it too with like Michigan players and everything, I want, um, we want the truth to come out. It, we want justice to be served. Whatever happens, let justice be served. Doesn't matter if it's in favor of the program or whatever, screw it. Let the truth come out and let the person in the wrongdoing um, let justice be served whatever it may be. We've talked about that with different things that have come up with the players. Uh, As everybody's seen, there have been certain times where the players absolutely are in the wrong, and there are certain times where um, there were maybe false accusations uh, taken against them for players on plenty of different programs that we've ever brought up and everything. Um, So... And there are different things with uh, there have been different things through the years with coaching coaches and different things like that. So, um, if you don't if you don't personally know someone and know a situation, and even if you do, like there are certain people that I've known 
pretty well, some people I've known really well, that they will sometimes do something that shocks you. They will do something that shocks you. And, you, and you're there to witness it. You're there to prove it. Things will shock you. So for some people to go and defend somebody that they have never personally met, like it's one thing to be like have the conversation of, well, you know, uh, this circumstance, this thing, you know, this unknown factor, talk about it. But to go and defend somebody that you know honestly nothing about from personal experience, that baffles me. Like, as much as I like uh, Jim Harbaugh and some of the players on the team and everything, I don't know practically anything. Uh, there have been a couple players that I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, extremely briefly. So for me to be able to say, I know something, I don't. And so for some people to put their name on the line, I guess their Twitter handle on the line, it's just, it's so surprising, so shocking. But, hey, that's not me. That's not my problem. That's some of the the way it goes, I guess. Um, and, I don't know, for better or for worse, that's, that's the way it goes, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so, to move along then to one other thing that's come up recently. Oh, gosh, how far... Away was it? Uh, yeah, I think just yesterday now. So uh, keeping in the conference and everything, moving to Iowa then. This is more of just kind of like I I'm trying to understand this situation, but uh, University of Iowa football player was arrested for public intoxication um, when he tried to get into a police car, which he mistook for an Uber car. So uh, Brady Reef, I believe is his name, starting defensive tackle, was arrested um, shortly after two. And uh, he tried to open the front door of a police car and then tried to open the rear door of the police car. This is a little weird for me because it's like, okay, obviously it appears that he was in a bar district. There are always going to be drunk people on the street in a bar district. And so if he's not trying to get into his car and drive away, and if he honestly had called an Uber, and it was on record that he had called Uber, I don't really see exactly why he would be arrested for public intoxication unless something else happened, unless he was not working with the police officers, which obviously when you're drunk, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but really, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, uh, there, there's a lot of unknown factors with this. So if it is as just simple as he was too drunk to know what was going on and he tried getting into the wrong vehicle, which happened to be a police car. And so then he was arrested. That's kind of like, you're going to split hairs like that. I mean, with players who have had issues, like when you hear issues with players getting DUIs and different things like that. Where if it is if it was really on record, or maybe he didn't even call, maybe he just thought it was an Uber car. Uh, but if he really did try to call a taxi or an Uber, I mean that's that's a lot better than the alternative. So I I don't know. It, it's a weird situation. Some people might call it funny, uh, and it's it's uh, I don't know. It's one of those weird 
situations for sure. So if you didn't hear about that, that was some some of the events over the weekend and things like that. So now to move on, because we have to include it. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about Michigan football each and every week. We always do. Um, <laughs> I don't even re- really know where to start um, with the talk of some of the things going on with Michigan football this week. Um, Jim Harbaugh was harped on by <laughs> a Michigan State troll writer. I don't even know what to call him. Um but to basically come out and say uh, your rivals own you or, for better or worse, trying to phrase the words, you're not good at coaching <laughs> into a question. I don't really even know what to say. Um, and he handled it well, and it was um, funny to listen to. Um when you when you have and I've and there were multiple people talking about this too. It just it seemed like an anti Harbaugh campaign from what people were saying uh, from some of the things covered on the Big Ten media days, and then there were actual noteworthy things to report going on with programs that are you know questionable activities, important activities, and I didn't even talk about like how would you feel if you were a parent of one of your kids going to Michigan State to know that this is the way that a coaching staff handled things. I don't even, I didn't even get into that. But the situation going on with Michigan State, the situation going on with Ohio State, and what appears, and of course I did not review and watch everything, so I'm just saying from what, what I know and what appears to be a very subtle conversation about, around those two things and then all the stuff that was going on directed towards Harbaugh. And maybe I miss it too, but then even the national media getting into things about bashing Harbaugh and Michigan, it's just surprising. And it's not really coming and saying like, oh, let's bring up a defense or anything, but it's just like there's a lot more valid conversations to be having Um than how you personally think that coach is doing, which seems to be the conversation every other week. So then this, when something else is going on, you're going to bring bring up an old news story. Some some of the people which absolutely know nothing about what's going on with Michigan football. So so here's the thing. So that got brought up. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a little scatterbrained here, so I apologize uh, with the Michigan stuff. But uh, Karan Higdon, uh, if you guys didn't see, thankfully enough, said apparently last year if he broke a thousand yards that he was going to declare for the NFL draft. I think he finished with nine ninety four. So thank God that didn't happen. It's awesome to have him back. Uh, he's taking great step in leadership, and he was talking about an issue that we've talked about for a long time on this podcast. And I've actually talked, Craig and I have talked about. Uh, before we even started this podcast, and that is the idea and the concept that there's almost an entitlement when it comes to football at Michigan. Um, and not not even specifically, we're talking about fan stuff and everything, and some of it, <laughs> some of it's kind of ridiculous uh, on that side. But we're not getting into that. But with players, where it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we come to Michigan and we're just going to win. No, it doesn't happen that way. You have to put in the work. You have to be focused. You have to work hard. You have to work together. You have to be have that chemistry. You have to put in that extra effort. You have to outplay your opponent. It is not simple as just going to Michigan and you're going to win. I don't know where that comes from and how that happens, but Karan Higdon said himself that there seems to be, I, I don't know if it's specifically the word entitlement, but just how it, how 
It's just going to happen for him, and it's not. And they have to make it happen. And he was mentioning that the bowl game was a turning point for the team, and I sure hope so uh, because I would love to see that as a turning point and things change from there because that that was bad. That was a game. Uh, there Now, there were some games that Michigan lost that they could have, should have won last year, however you want to put it. But Michigan straight up lost that bowl game, and that needed to be a turning point. That needed to be like, what did you guys do to allow that collapse to happen? There were breakdowns on the offense. There were breakdowns on the defense, which the defense had been so strong and everything. So there were those issues. There were those glaring issues. So it's exciting to see him uh, in a role of leadership to see how things go on. But so... I, I guess I should have probably tied this in before about how how people were dogging on Harbaugh at, uh, in the media at the media days, but then also in the national media and everything. But now, uh, even to get in the conversation with the fans and everything, um, and and I, I and I'll I'll tell you this: I ha- I have said this because people are like, he's way overpaid, he's way overhyped, he's overrated. Blah, 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 blah. Now, yes, Jim Harbaugh has a big personality, and he came in and everything. But I don't know where people are getting or people are just forgetting. He didn't come in and promise, like, and maybe maybe I'll have to go back and read word for word. But I, I do not recall anything on promising, like, national championships. We're not going to win one. We're not going to win two. We're not going to win three, four, five. We're going to win more championships. No, like, it, it was just like bringing Michigan football back and, you know, coaching at, at Michigan. I mean, it's Michigan football. And so the, and then people talking about excuses too. And it's just like games were lost. He talked about different elements in it and everything, but it's not like he came out and said, it's not our fault that we lost this game. It's not our fault. It's not this fault. It, it, he talks about what lost the game, what happened with the game. Uh, if you can point out a spot where he comes out and flat out makes an excuse for something, and people will probably go back to trying to go to that Ohio State game, but he was asked specifically about a call, and he talked about that call. And um, and he and in that one spot, maybe there were different. Uh, there was something that was said where something may have cost Michigan. But I don't think he came out and necessarily said, specifically said the officiating costs us this game. He he questioned some things, absolutely. But there's a big difference between questioning things and making excuses. And he and the staff have been working at it and everything. But I don't know where people are getting this from because it's just like, and to go then to the side of what he's getting paid. Is Harbaugh getting paid more than what he has produced? I'll flat out come out and say, yes, he, ha- he is. He's getting paid more than the records that he has produced. He- he's getting overpaid for the records that he's produced. Yeah, sure, I'll say that. But that's not the that's not everything that he's getting paid for. And I don't understand why people don't think of it or don't see that. Because it was not all that long ago that Rich Rod came in and Michigan football flipped upside down. Michigan football was a mess. Michigan football was a boiling pot of hot mess, whatever you want to call it, while Rich Rod was here. There was not a whole lot going on right at all. Then Brady Hoke came in, and let's just say that things, it stopped boiling over. It calmed down. But it it never got fixed with Hoke. It just stopped exploding. 
the explosion stopped. The fires uh, were not as great. It wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know if you want to come out and just say dumpster fire, uh, but it wasn't chaos. Brady Hoke, uh, I'm not saying brought balance or anything, but it wasn't chaos when Brady Hoke was there. Yeah, it wasn't fixed, though. That's the thing. Jim Harbaugh got brought back to bring Michigan back. Jim Harbaugh did not get hired in to win the Big Ten the first year he was in as a coach. Jim Harbaugh did not get hired in to win a national championship in the second year he was as a coach. He got brought in to fix it. Fixing takes time. If people think that he is going to have the same success as some of those other coaches out there, then you don't know how Jim Harbaugh does his stuff and how other coaches do their stuff. Because there are things that other coaches are doing, perfect example of some of the things that you see out there right now that are not something that people are comfortable with, not something that he works with. We'll talk specific. Um, we've talked specifically about how some conferences do things, and some teams do things, and some coaches do things. And Jim Harbaugh doesn't do it that way. Things don't happen like that, in Michigan, for the football program. So, if you're thinking that's just going to be snap your fingers, that's it. You know, you're going to have the same success as those other coaches uh, out there. No, it it's a turning. He he had to turn things around. He had to bring it back. That's what he was doing. And that's what he's done. Now, yes, the 2017 season was absolutely a disappointment. And everybody should have been disappointed. Coaches were disappointed. Players were disappointed with it. Fans were disappointed with it. Uh, financial backers of the university and of the football program were disappointed at it, with it. Sure, absolutely. It was not anticipated that it was going to really turn that bad that year. But there are some growing pains. So if, uh, if he went... Uh, eight and five, and then ten and three, ten and three. Nobody would have a problem, right? So, just in the first three seasons, just because one season he doesn't have a ten-win season, that all of a sudden it's the end of the world, and he's like, he he should do better, and we need to expect more and everything. And yeah, no, we we need it's it's a progression and everything, but and and it's not making excuses, but it's just like it's it's progress. I mean, people talk about you know, oh well, Brady Hoke had to get ri- rid of the Rich Rod players. Oh, well, then Jim Harbaugh needs to get rid of the uh, Brady Hoke players. And it's time. It's transition and everything. You look at a lot of those other schools, uh, they haven't had to go through that. I mean, easy, simple. Uh, it took time to build. Uh, uh, Mark D'Antonio, yeah, sure, he didn't get paid a whole lot and didn't have the track record that Jim Harbaugh did. But still, I mean, you look at the things that people do, and it takes time. Most of the stuff takes time. Uh, the only coaches that you don't really see where it takes a lot of time is like, Lincoln Riley, when he comes in and takes over an excellent program that just needs like one year to turn around and then they're in the college football playoff, but they had Mark Rick there before and everything, and they weren't a dumpster fire. They didn't have their program flipped upside down. They didn't have to reinvent, reinvigorate their culture. You know other schools that have gone through this, some things kind of like this? Texas, USC, look at them. Look at the different things that they've gone through. And how long it's taken. Notre Dame maybe for a spout. Things take time. This is not like the transition between Urban Meyer and um, Jim Tressel being coaches at Ohio State. Ohio State was established. Sure, they had one poor year because 
um, because of the whole whatever nonsense that you want to talk about it. But whatever. It's not the same thing at all. There's there's no huge, yeah, okay, sure, they had to work through it, and then they couldn't play in the postseason one year. Oh, my word. But they didn't, they didn't have somebody come in and completely try to change their system. That's what you see with some of these other uh, other smaller schools. Like They go through coaches all the time. They, they can't get anything to settle because either somebody comes in and they do a really good job, and then they get hired out by another coach. Uh, college and everything. Iowa State is a good example. Their coach came in and did a, a pretty decent job this year. They took down Oklahoma on the road. He he almost got hired out of there, but he decided to stay. In most cases, when he gets hired out there, guess what? Iowa State is going to be off not having any idea what to do again because they can't establish themselves. There was no establishment with the with the few with uh, the mess that Rich Rod had, that was chaos. And then Brady Hoke didn't like fix anything. He just like basically stopped the fire from spreading. And then Hoke is the one putting or um, Harbaugh is the one putting fires out and getting things back back in line. I'm not here making excuses. I'm just ta- simply talking about the situation of the program and everything that's going on. Why can people not see this? Now, of course, I'm, I have high expectations for the team. And if there is another 8-5 season this year, yeah, there's. I'm not coming out and saying, oh, my gosh, Michigan needs to fire Jim Harbaugh and be done with this guy. No, but, yeah, then, then you can start raising eyebrows and being like, oh, man, that's not good. Yeah, sure. And then you guys want to talk about rival, rivals, too, and everything? Yeah, sure, that sucks, and that's what ultimately they want him to do is to be beating Ohio State and Michigan State. But everybody knows that, um, and of course, you can't be like, oh, you can't call things on a close call. Uh, you know, a win's a win, and a loss is a loss. Yeah, sure, but, you know, a few small things differently, and it could look completely different. So what what if that was the case? What if that was the case where uh, uh, just just one simple thing? What if Michigan beat Ohio State that year, <clears throat> and so then instead of what what was it one and five? It'd be two and four, not the greatest thing. Two and four with some close calls there. Two and four, and then you uh, playoff berth. Maybe they won a playoff game. Maybe they didn't. No, you know he got you to the. The playoff and the Big Ten championship in there too would have been in the mix and everything too for that to happen. So, so what about that? Like one small thing could have been different and it would have completely different reaction. But because it, did, it didn't bounce the right way, because a couple inches were off, because <clears throat> questionable officiating or whatever. And I'm not making excuses, but I'm just saying like some small things are different. But because of one one play in that game, one play in the Mich- the first Michigan State game, and you know maybe a, p- a potential off offensive drive in the Michigan State game this year. All of a sudden, he's com- a completely different coach. All of a sudden, he's like a completely different coach, and some people are saying that is a failure and everything. But he wasn't the one who fumbled the football. Yeah, maybe something could have been called differently, but it doesn't matter. He's, the player still could have fumbled the football for that punt. He wasn't the one out there drawing the line for where the uh, <coughs> for the where the spot was. His players played that, played their hearts out. Sure, maybe they could have tackled him before that, but no. I mean, that's that that's the way it fell on the field. 
what 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 was he supposed to coach differently for that for that play call? I mean, like, yeah, sure. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You could say a million different things for that. And then, uh, yeah, sure, there were questionable. So of course there were uh, there are questionable losses and everything and things falling apart. And I already talked about the the bowl game and things like that. But it's just like a few couple plays. And people, and that is what is determining people between saying that, uh, you know, just watching Harbaugh do his job and then flipping to the other side of saying, we need to can this guy. He is so overrated. Also, which he didn't really rate himself, people hyped it up. And, of course, the the people who say Jim Harbaugh is not going to Michigan are plenty of the people who then turn around and say that Jim Harbaugh is overhyped. Because they were the ones who were hyping him for being in the NFL and taking NFL jobs. So it's just a cluster. It's stupid. It's so much stupid out there. So, yes, I can. Uh, there's no reason why people shouldn't be disappointed with some things. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is watch it, recognize it, give it time. It's, it's not just coming. He was not hired in to win the Big Ten in year one. <clears throat> the national championship in year two. And so it's progress. 2017 was a fluke season. I, I'm not saying that it should have been like a national championship season, but it was a mess. And if you're telling me that dealing with having to play three different quarterbacks should have run differently, go back, go find me other schools that have had to deal with playing three different quarterbacks and show me the amazing seasons that they have had. Not where they just put in the uh, quarterback for in a game or something like that, but where you actually have to go through and you have one quarterback for two games, another quarterback for, what, three, four games, and then another one finish off the season. Show me where that ha- where you've seen great success for anybody in those circumstances. So, yeah, have fun with that. <clears throat> Anyways, that that's it. That's enough for me. I mean, if you guys want to bash on that, fine, whatever. And then when Michigan wins, don't don't hang around. Don't don't talk to us. Don't bother with it. If you if you're wanting to jump ship, like like I'll say this too. And and I mean, there there are fans who get um, unreasonable on all sides of things. But there's someone that I know who who's an Ohio State fan. And whenever it was that they won the championship, I don't know what was it, 2015. 14, 15, I don't know, whatever it was. <clears throat> um, Urban Meyer, or they lost their quarterback, Braxton Miller, in what, the Virginia Tech game, I think it was. Um, and they lost something along those lines. They lost their quarterback. The guy I knew, I talked to him after that, and he said, there's no point in watching the rest of the season. We're done. We don't have our starting quarterback I'm done with this season. Ohio State then goes on to win the national championship. He has yet to say anything to me about that championship season because he knows well enough, and I even said it to him. I was just like, you don't have anything to say about that because you are such a Fairweather fan. That was the biggest and dumbest flop I have ever seen and personally witnessed by a fan that I personally witnessed 
that you gave up on your team that early in the season and they won the national championship. If you ever take pride in that season, I will shut you down instantly. So when Michigan has any form of success coming up, whenever they win the Big Ten, whenever they might win the national championship, some of you guys calling for Harbaugh. If Harbaugh is behind any of it, I don't want to uh, – those same names that I see complaining, those same same ones freaking out, <clears throat> I don't want to see anybody celebrating or taking pride in it or trying to put down other fan bases because it's a joke. Don't be a fair, fair weather fan. Yeah, have your criticism. Be critical. That's fine. Have your disappointments and things like that. But if you're already calling for a firing and saying that you need to get out, it's just kind of like, come on, be, re- be real, people. Be real. Talk to me after the 2018 season. Talk to me after 2018 season. If you really think you have that huge of a beef with something, talk to me after the 2018 season. Because uh, and then also, uh, if you're really, really, really onto it, and you really, really, really want to discuss it, then at this point, at this juncture, tell me who should be coaching for Michigan in 2018 rather than Jim Harbaugh. Because there must be so many million of uh, so many other great opportunities out there. So, like I said, n- no one's above criticism. There's no re- uh, no. Um, it's not irrational to be disappointed in everything. But if you're calling for Jim Harbaugh to be out by now, or if you're saying that if there is no national championship in 2018 that he should be out, just just stop. Just stop. Anyways, so that was me. I don't know. Maybe Craig holds me in line a little bit more. Maybe that was a little bit all over the place. But that was me this week just talking about crazy dumb stuff. And maybe I got myself riled up, too, about the stuff that I even talked about before getting to Michigan football and everything. So, yeah, people finding that it's more important to talk about what Jim Harbaugh was wearing to media days rather than the reinstatement reinstatement of a racist player onto a football team or a uh, coach firing a another an assistant coach for a track of abuse that has been going on since 2009 that they didn't that they decided not to do anything until now so i mean hey you know no, no important topics there less to talk about what some some clothes somebody was wearing anyways okay all right well that's gonna be it for me i hope you guys have a good one I hope all of that made sense. Uh, that was firing from the hip and everything. So you guys have a good one. I hope you're having a good week. I hope Craig is enjoying his retirement community uh, because I'm sure that's what he's doing. He's playing like bingo and shuffleboard and probably driving around as his amigo and uh, yelling at kids to get off his lawn. So, all right. Uh, and then I think he'll be back next week. We'll see. But it's getting closer and closer. Should be good. Um, always a good time <clears throat> and we'll be doing our preview stuff for 2018 because it will be here before you know it it's going to be August soon and then it's going to be September and it's going to be right in the middle of things and it's going to be a blast so hope you guys have a good one we will be seeing you later and finish things off as always with Go Blue